be a rescue team. Not assassins. Now, what do we gotta do? We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we're with them. What do you mean, we? You're bleeding, man. <laughs> you need the best. Right, welcome everyone. This is episode 34 of the Comics Emotion podcast. I am, as always, Chris Phelps, introducing the show. And today, Dave is unfortunately away again on business. So, as always, the SOS bat signal has gone out. And our good friend, Matt, from Jasper Review, is back. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, good stuff. And Matt, we've got to get it out there. This is your choice this week. We're going to review. Yep, yep. My choice doing uh, in honour of the new Predator film, we're doing the original Predator from the 80s. <laughs> Great work. And I love a bit of Arnie, so I'm certainly going to be biased on this one. I love Arnie, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, very good choice. And we're, well, Matt suggested it, and the first thing we said to each other is, is there a comic? And by Lord, there's loads of comics, so. Loads. I was researching yeah. it today. Hundreds yeah, of them. Loads of them. So we're, we're, we're definitely covered, even if this first one is a bit thin on the ground for comics. Everything after this one was inspired different ones. Even the Alien, Interview Predator and stuff. There's all different things that come afterwards. So mm. uh, we'll get into that in a sec anyway. But yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on, Matt. It's top yeah, man for this. Really appreciate it. And good choice today as well. So again, this episode, we are sponsored by Studio. www.studio.com are sponsors and collaborators and kindly giving away a free headset to our listeners. The competition is now closed, which was, uh, it was a UK-based competition, actually, Matt. So we couldn't send it out to any of our US listeners, even though we know half... The user base is from the US. So apologies, guys. Mm. We're hoping to do a digital uh, giveaway of some sort or something else where we can send over to the US uh, listeners. Yeah, and, and that, well, we'll announce that on the next show, actually, because we're just about to draw it myself and Dave at random. We're going to put it out there for transparency so people can see who the lucky winner is and they'll get a headset of their choice delivered to the door. And then uh, if you're not one of the lucky winners, you can order from studio.com if you use our code. Comics in Motion Podcast 15, you do get 15% off all orders. So there's no excuse, really. And they look pretty good as well. And they sound pretty good because we've been using them as well. So studio.com, guys. Right. So, Matt, let's get into it. So yeah. we're going for it tonight. Um, Predator 1987. I'll do a bit of film background and a little bit of comic stuff just to keep Dave ticking over in the background there. Otherwise, he'll be sacking me from the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, just before I do that, actually, big thanks to Jamie. Last week, Jamie Solis again came on and uh, reviewed Wonder Woman with us, which was really good. I had a good laugh, me and Jamie. And um, Anyway, yeah, so thanks to Jamie Solis last week for coming on again, Wonder Woman. Uh, please follow her on Twitter. Put her bio in this episode again so you can follow her and follow her screenplay as well. So... Film-wise, this is quite a funny one, this, Matt. I found some good things out today, actually, while researching it. Uh, 1987, Predator. The actual film idea, the whole inception, was based upon a joke about around Rocky Four, right? So mm. the, the Rocky Four, the two screenwriters, which is Jim and John Thomas, had had a joke saying that the only thing Rocky can fight now is an alien if they're ever going to make a fifth film. And I know it sounds really stupid, but that's what the whole idea of Predator came from. Someone fighting an alien. Because uh, Rocky IV, <laughs> we, know, we know Ivan Drago was a bit of a steroid freak in, uh, in that one, and a bit of a superhuman. Mm. But yeah, so that came from there. And the, straight away, 
because I think Rocky falls at 84, around 85, they started sort of gathering a bit of traction. They went to Joel Silver, who'd obviously made Commando and did Arnie in there. Arnie was in it and they had to have Arnie roll straight away. There was no one else actually, which is quite unusual, but it was just this whole role was made for Arnie, the whole film and everything for his, the way he was. Because obviously he was at his pulp then, so was Stallone, but they thought they needed a bigger character to sort of fight against the alien. And then they enlisted John McTiernan. He was hired as the director for the first film as well, because it was his first studio film. And the actual artistic drawings and the actual uh, inception of the Predator outfit is all homage, actually, to James Cameron. So another Arnie link here. Uh, Stan Winston, who's the artist for the film, he was actually on a train with James Cameron, sat next to him, and James Cameron said he always wanted to see in a film, a creature with mandibles, which is what the Predator became in the end. It wasn't actually originally supposed to look like that. It was just supposed to look like a, an alien, really, like yeah. a sort of human-based. I don't know if you've seen that yourself today. No, I've not seen that. It's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, like, Arnie was definitely in. They wanted Carl Weathers because of Rocky. Obviously, he'd been killed off in Rocky Four, so a nice way to bring him in to play Dylan. Uh, Arnie was always Dutch. And they wanted these massive characters. So like Jesse the Body Ventura's uh, in it as well. He's Blaine, the guy with the sort of cigar and um, who's playing Long Tongs, uh, what's it called? Long Tall Sally, which is a little Richard song at the start and then the helicopter. Mm. Um, now, I've known this other stat, a little fact I'm going to throw in there for years as a massive martial arts fan and that and Van Damme. Van Damme was cast as the Predator because they wanted this nimble, ninja, agile-like character but because of the size of Arnie, Carl Weathers, Jesse Ventura, I think Arnie's about 5'10", 5'11", but the other two are like well in 6'2", six 6'3". Six Van Damme's about 5'8". So they said it just didn't stack up. And Van Damme threw his uh, teddies out of the pram because he was never going to be seen on screen other than in the Predator outfit. So then they changed all that. And they said physically, even though he looked good, he wasn't in the same realms as the lead uh, character. So Van Damme left because of his character, he couldn't really see much in the suit. And then they ended up um, employing a guy called Kevin Peter Hall. He's like six foot six, big guy actor. So he ended up playing the Predator two films, which is quite interesting. Arnie lost about £25 while he was filming it due to where they were. They, everyone seems to have a bad case of, well, I can't even really call it the deli belly because they're in Mexico, but everyone had a real bad case of it. And then what I find really interesting is Carl Weathers, I said that all the actors on set, because they were all like obviously big monsters and I'm pretty sure none of them had uh, passed a drugs test if it came to that, looking at the, the way they look, Matt. But uh, mm. they all used to get up at like three in the morning and try and outdo each other going to the gym, pretending that they weren't training. <laughs> Carl, Carl Weathers was telling the, the crew that he was an, he was naturally like this, he didn't need to train, but then kept getting up dead early so no one saw him train, cause, which I find really weird anyway. I don't understand yeah. what the, the problem is. Rubbish. He, he definitely yeah. didn't get that physique naturally did it did he, yeah i mean he, he didn't wake up one day a monster did he <laughs> exactly well rocky four he just filmed in rocky four he was the biggest he'd been and he's, he's definitely had to have a growth hormones or steroids and take it from mm. a personal trainer who's never actually taken that stuff but i'm certainly fully aware of what they do to get in that shape you know if anyone believes hugh jackman did that eating chicken and rice then i'll i'll give up my day job right now yeah. but uh but yeah so they all had that and then which is a bit strange because I did read with Jesse Ventura, actually. He did an interview on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. I listened to a lot of the podcasts that um, they actually had a tent there and Jesse Ventura and Arnie were trading partners because he's the only one who could hang with Arnie when it comes to the weights. Obviously, Arnie wasn't a pro bodybuilder then. He was still obviously in bodybuilding shape. 
Um, mm. But it was like competitions every day to outdo each other. So obviously that's why they looked so good. Film-wise, the film was actually nominated for uh, various awards. It actually was nominated for an Academy Award for the visual effects. Because oh, wow. they, they used two or three different techniques. It was called like a, the chroma key techniques where they filmed it with, instead of a green screen, the Predator was red and he had a red suit on. And then they, they actually superimposed on top different thick parts of it. So when he's got like the suit on and stuff, and eventually you got that holographic like effect where you can still see the outline of him, but it blended into the background. So it was all to do with like the scenery as well, because they couldn't use a green screen because obviously it was a jungle, so everything else was green. So mm. it's quite, I've never seen that before, but at the time it was so far advanced anything we'd seen now it would be like something you see in a cartoon or a tv show not a cartoon like a tv movie or something it's nothing you know you see far different ones now one thing i wanted to pull up on that as well sorry i'm, I'm waffling here i know uh, alan, no, no, no. alan silvestri uh, which i didn't know this till i researched it but i'm listening to it again and i'm thinking all this music sounds like back to the future well he'd just come off the back end of doing back to the future went straight into predator so wow. all the, I don't know if you picked up on that, but all the the music and everything was so similar to Back to the Future. I know I'm a massive Back to the Future fan, and I literally didn't know this after the film. As I'm watching, I'm thinking this has got to be some like nod towards Back to the Future. It's because it was the same composer. That's so a, a very contrasting film to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, succession. yeah. <laughs> very strange. I mean, it's Sylvester. I think it's Sylvester. It was mm. his first major blockbuster even though we've done back to the future obviously that was more a sci-fi type comedy i suppose one it type film but this like predator's first one but you can they say like the drum beats and the, the horns and everything and it was it was absolutely i couldn't i must admit at certain points that was taking away a bit of the action because i could hit back to the future but you know anyway money wise it released on june the second uh, june the 12th 1987 it was number one box office film at at the time, and it, it was second for the year, only behind Beverly Hills Cop 2, which I must admit, Matt, is one of my favourite films as well, of Eddie Murphy. Uh, <laughs> overall, it grossed uh, $140 million, which at the time was really good. I don't. It doesn't say what the budget was, but I, I can't see it being a lot, to be honest. I, I, it was, as he says, it was a, a financial success as well. On Rotten Tomatoes, which is interesting, as it's got older, the reviews have gone higher at the time when it was reviewed by people like the New York Times and, and a lot of these big magazines and stuff and, and, and things like that. Obviously, there's no websites. It got pandas like a middle-of-the-road, Arnie, generic film. A lot of people didn't get it. They, they praised the cinematography and the actual special effects, but everything else was just like they were as Arnie dialed in. But as it's got older, it's mm. got loads more reviews. Now, at the moment, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 80%, which is really good. And it's got an average re uh, user review of 7 out of 10. Pretty good for an Arnie film, if I'm being honest. I know Terminator's yeah, probably higher. Uh, Terminator, especially the first one, and, and Terminator 2 as well. But, yeah, really, really, really interesting. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I've got on the actual film this week. Regarding the comics, there's not a lot. The only thing I was going to say is a bit of a nod to the comics is after this was made they decided to bring out some comics. They went with Predator, Concrete Jungle. Now, originally, it was going to be Dutch going into the city as a copper sort of thing, but they didn't. They went then with his brother. Four-issue limit comic book, and that was uh, Dark Horse Comics, so you can't really get much better than that. And then, obviously, from there, Matt, as you've probably known, it's, it's born onto loads of different comics. Yeah. I don't know if you've got anything yourself which you've picked up on. Uh, well, the most interesting ones for me, they've done Predator versus... Judge Dredd, 
which is a pretty cool concept. And they've got um, Batman versus Predator and Superman versus Predator. So obviously they're trying to bring him over into the comic book world. Uh, I mean, I saw this Batman versus Predator and I'm actually kind of interested in buying it and seeing what it's all about. It <laughs> kind of it sounds kind of cool in all honesty. But yeah, obviously as, as the film's grown, they've obviously gone for comics and tried to really get this as a big franchise. Yeah, yeah. And I think... It's got a cool following, hasn't it? I mean, mm. I've watched some of the Alien v Predator films and not the latest one, the one before it, and I didn't mind it, to be honest. I didn't mind it at all. I'm not a big Aliens fan, though, or Alien fan at all. I know that sounds probably bad, but I'm just not... I never really got them films, if I'm being honest. A bit like Blade mm. Runner, not my type of films. No, no, I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. Yeah, strange. I mean, I like The Predator, and, I, and to be fair, the second one gets slated with Danny Glover, but I actually quite like the second one. It yeah, it's not too bad, is it? It's not all... No. I'm, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd probably go, oh, my gosh, it is terrible. But I haven't watched it for probably 10 years, but I didn't mind it. I've watched it a few times. I, I like the third Predator film. I think that's quite a good film, actually. I I've think not it, seen that one. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's got um, Adrian Brody from the Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Yes, I have seen You're it. on the He's planet this time. And it, yes. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. It isn't bad. It's about 10 years old, isn't it? If you actually think of the Predator as a franchise, it, it, it's they've actually never really made a really bad one unlike say the alien franchise i mean yeah. as long as you don't count like the alien Pre versus predator films then other than that the, the series is actually fairly solid yeah it's actually i've seen that one actually you're very correct it's a great film that mm. it's, it surprised me when i watched it actually it went back yeah. to the roots of like the arnie type film didn't it really that's yeah of in the hunting film isn't it really and yeah. yeah it's not bad it's a shame they never made a sequel to that because i would kind of like to see that but then again i guess there's not too much that could be um told from there i mean they're just going to die on that planet aren't they yeah exactly exactly uh, but yeah no good stuff matt so are you ready to get into the review yeah definitely let's do it so we start off we get this helicopter like apache helicopter flying in very sort of Viet Cong, run-of-the-mill army type situation. And then all the boys get off, don't they? And they're all these big sort of um, genetically enhanced soldiers. But there's always that one in the main man's at the back, Arnie, their Dutch, mm. with his cigar in hand, cap on. Very 80s to the yeah, isn't it? Very, very uh, yeah, Hannibal Smith, 80s type situation. He's ready to rock and roll. Gets off, um, ends up going into like this hut, and we get one of the most famous uh, memes, you know, when he says to Dylan, Dylan sat there, shouts so to Arnie, we get Arnie says to Dutch, Dylan, you son of a bitch, and they get this hand, like handshake type sort of, uh, basically who's got the biggest bicep scene, which... Their muscles are glistening in oil. Oh, it, yeah. made me, it, it made me laugh. I went, oh, this is just so fantastic. What a scene. <laughs> what a scene to plan. Yeah, straight yeah. away, and it's a typical... Arnie, and then Arnie shows who's the boss and sort of submits uh, Dylan, doesn't he? Which is Carl Weathers, uh, Apollo Creed. He'll always be Apollo Creed in my eyes. Yeah. But yeah, straight away, you get a bit of an undertone, don't you? That Dylan's not as trustworthy as what he seems. And that's within like the first scene, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah they, they did well in setting that up pretty uh, quickly. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a cool scene, in all fairness. It is very cheesy and very 80s, but they, they set up Dylan fairly well throughout this film actually yeah yeah he's good he's a good sort of sort of like a, a bit like to be fair 
I think Carl Weathers plays pretty much for Paulo Creed, doesn't he, in the first two Rockies, where he's a guy, he's got a bit of an edge to him. In the first one, he's just a down-and-out bad guy, isn't he? And mm. as the films evolve, he, he obviously I know we're talking two or three films here, and by the fourth film, Rock, uh, Apollo's pretty much a good guy, and he's in the third one. But th- this is in one film, obviously. Yeah, definitely. He, can, I think he could play a bad guy. Shame he never really did much after... The Rocky and Predator films, but I think I think he had signed to offer as an actor. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I mean, uh, I know, I think he's American footballer, Carl Weathers and stuff. And when I'm watching all the Rocky stuff, he's fantastically in shape. You know, great guy. And he'd never boxed until he did Rocky stuff, and that's where he got a lot wow. of roles after Rocky as well. Mm. There were always B movie stuff. There's one called Action Jackson, which is terrible. But I remember Biff out of Back to the Future was in it because I remember some girl at the start. Some he's a copper. Carl Weathers and he, he, Biff gets kicked in between his legs and it's the deck as a copper. But that's the only thing I remember of the film. It was pretty terrible. But they were the standard of films. He was always a supporting actor, wasn't he, I think, in this. I think he plays art with Arnie well. And Arnie, Arnie's better when he's not got a lot of dialogue. And it's pretty Definitely, certain yeah. everyone else has got more dialogue than Arnie. But Arnie is the main man, which is so effective because it works in Terminator. He's so mm. effective, and he both Terminator. Well, I know Terminator Two out the, out the time, but everything he did, he's Arnie's poor when he's got a lot of dialogue and just the visual stuff and the one-liners. They just work in these films. Definitely, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's not the best speaker, is he? <laughs> so, like, it's uh, it's just more about the look with Arnie, and he, he's got the look. Yeah, oh, he's the man. He's the man. He always he will be. And then, so from there, we get the team together. The lads, uh, which is Mac, Billy, Blame. Poncho and Hawkins, I'm only reading this, as we said. But the thing is, with these guys, they're all people that have been in 80s films. Like Billy, who's the Native American guy, he's actually out of 48 hours. He's one of the bad guys in the first 48 hours. and He's, he's like, like uh, real-life crazy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's like real-life properly crazy. Yeah, he's, he is. Uh... He's an absolute nut of the guy. I think Sonny Summit, he's got, I think he's just recently died, to be fair. I think he, yeah, I looked today, actually. He died a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently he's like real life mad. So he's he was like a guy you really didn't want to bump into on the street. No, not at all. And then you've got Mac, who is the guy who Arnie kills in Commando on the plane. He, he, that's he's in Commando. You know the one when uh, he snaps his neck on the plane and walks off and just leaves a hat, like a, a trilby hat on him as he gets off the plane. Yeah, uh, he's in a few Arnie films as a bad guy. He always was in the eighties. Jesse the Body Ventura, who's Blaine, he was in The Running Man. He's Captain uh, Inferno, whatever he's called, in The Running Man. And obviously he was a wrestler, he was a commentator. I was a massive wrestling fan. Still, I'm not, I'm mainly a fan of the retro stuff now, but he was like the main guy with Vince McMahon, so know him. Uh, one of the guys which is quite good is Shane Black. I think it's Hawkins. He, Shane Black's the guy who directed Lethal Weapon and stuff. Oh, he directs in the new Predator, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. new stuff as well. So he's one of the characters in it as well, which is quite clever. But yeah, so they're like his team. They they go into the desert. There's this sort of a half-thing story, isn't there, that there's some guys have gone missing. Um, yeah, they don't spend a lot of time on that sort of aspect. No. They, they kind of want to get that out of the way as quick as they can. Yeah, and they're straight into it, aren't they? Into the jungle. There's a couple of... I think, I mean, it's all filmed in Mexico. It genuinely is, but it does feel quite close set, doesn't it? Not. I I thought it, I thought that through the film. I thought, is this actually on a set? Or have they have they mm. gone on site? And yeah, but reading it now, I'm actually really surprised they went on site. I, yeah, I can't believe that. Very clever because it, it feels like at some points it feels like a bit like a TV movie, doesn't it? You know, like the way it's very. I'd never noticed it before, but but. <laughs> 
the more I watched it, I was thinking, oh, it's very clever budget-wise. It's all just on their main characters. There's not a lot of people in that film uh, at all. There's, there's only maybe 20 people, if that. So it's quite a clever concept. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I, I, it's definitely, it was definitely a financial success, obviously. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so we get this thing where they, they go through, they find a wreckage of a helicopter, something like free-skinned corpses, and they're all speculating, like, you know, what's going on, what's happened here, Um Dutch then sort of realises that Dylan is setting him up, doesn't he, really? And, and he's, he just sort of has a pop at him, like, what are you doing? You know, this is nothing to do with this. And they, they get into an altercation. The guys don't trust him at all, did he? Dylan's, like, proper sneaking stuff. And and, that, and what I must admit, though, man, they go to this, they go to this camp, don't they? And like the, the, you can see the predators introduced, but we don't see his actual face, do we? We see him no. sort of heat censoring over everyone mm. not sure what he's doing so he ends up following arnie and, and like the squad in and then arnie and the squad end up on this campsite don't they this sort of army barracks where they're torturing people and some guy gets brutally knifed done he straight away like yeah yeah straight away you know what you're in for at that point don't you <laughs> yeah straight, straight 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 uh takes him out and then arnie like you know does the real something some really cliche dialogue at this point i must do it but arnie like um oh fantastic the dialogue at this point oh, yeah, this is my favorite part of the film this is the best yeah, part. it's absolutely awful isn't it it's like a mm. um a who's who of army films like what can you say you know like and it's just some real poor <laughs> dialogue but it's not it it sounds daft but some of the stuff me and david reviewed you like you put your hands over your eyes and you know, like looking through your fingers, like, oh my god, is this going to end? But because it's Arnie, and he built a career on this same character in every single film, and it's just all muscles and and mm. you know cigars and machine guns. I, I'm I don't know about you, but I'm I'm just lapping all this up. I must yeah, oh yeah, I am. He he sells it really well. Arnie sells it really well. Like the stick around line and knock knock line. It's just <laughs> I'm like, why? Well, no one would ever say this. No, in this no, situation, no one would do this. I'm so glad you picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. because he goes into a hut. Don't he? What happens is they, they surround this thingy, like uh, Blaine, Jesse the Body Ventura. He nearly gets like caught on a tripwire, don't he? So they sort of booby trap the tripwire. Um, and then Arnie, just for no reason, he's obviously, we know he's, he's, a, he's a muscle man and that. He decides then to lift up a truck, which is <laughs> on like a cam belt thing. He's got no wheels, but it's like running a generator or something, isn't it? It's all like a cam. Yeah. And he just lifts this truck up and puts like a, a detonator thing on the back and lets it just, it just flies into conveniently where there's about 30 soldiers playing cards and having something to eat <laughs> and everything just goes up there, doesn't it? It absolutely just ends it. And like you say, Arnie ends up on there in the hut and there's a guy there with a machine gun, but he just goes knock, knock, kicks the door down and blows him up. But the guy waits for him, which I thought was quite nice of him. Yeah, that was, that was very nice of him to let him have the first hit. Um <laughs> The uh, stick around line, oh, I think, is the best line in this. Oh, it's he throws absolute. a knife and impales him yeah. on a pillar and says, "Stick around." I thought no one would do this in this situation. <laughs> that in very brutal way for someone yeah. to go and to just laugh it off and turn around. No, this oh, is not happening. <laughs> amazing, amazing, absolutely amazing. And then Fantastic. They, they have a massive battle. Everything they kill all like the camp and everything like that. Um, and then there's a Soviet intelligence officer, um, which has been killed but Dutch and Dylan are together and Dylan comes in and he's looking for intelligence and then Dutch realises that it was everything was just a setup. it was just a case of retrieving this information yes uh, Dylan's team had been killed and skinned and everything by the predator hadn't they but um, it was all just a big 
ruse really for him to get this information and, and like uh, Dutch is not happy but then they end up with this girl don't they the girl pulls a gun on uh, Arnie on uh, Dutch and he gives her a, he gives her a backhander which you don't usually see that in no in an 80 film. film yeah I was no. surprised about that um, it was nice for her to make a nice big noise as well when she was sneaking up on the back of him I thought <laughs> Yeah, I mean the guys yeah. just took out about forty people, and this girl's just conveniently walked up behind him with a gun. Yeah, uh, I mean why you would do that, I do not know. But I was surprised. Yeah, that he gives her a swift backhand, and I thought, wow, that must have been very big in the eighties to do something like that. That must have turned a lot of heads because yeah. you don't really even see that now. It's still a bit of a taboo thing to do a man hitting a woman in a film, but no. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. It, it took it took the risk. Fair play. Exactly. And then mm. what you've got then, you've got a couple of things like Billy, who's like this sort of Native American. He feels that there's someone around there. So does Mac as well, don't they? They keep like sort of um, mm. suggesting there's something not right with what's going on. Because obviously these are supposed to be like high-level Marines, aren't they? Or like special forces. So they, they're used to people tracking them or they, they track them. And they can't seem to find because they've come across these random dead bodies, which there's no trace of tracks or anything, is that they just can't work out yeah. how how this person they think it's these personal people are getting away with doing what they're doing without their, any sort of uh, anything. They can't pick a clue up or anything. So they, they sort of guess something's going on. And then this Anna, uh, that she ends up becoming part of it, was they, they sort of. Uh, zip tire, don't they? At the, at the time, mm. um, and and obviously we still get this thermal imaging thing tracking him. Uh, but then Anna escapes, and Hawkins, one of the guys, he chases her, and gets hold of her. And this is the first time we come across. We don't see it properly, but we the, the predator comes in and and uh, takes Hawkins away, doesn't he? And she gets saved for some reason. Um, but yeah, it, it well, I guess that's, that's kind of. Um shown later in the film that's explained why she is yeah. saved because i was confused i was like why is he not gone but then it in fairness the reason they give makes complete yeah. sense and i was happy with the reason they gave yeah. for that little plot yeah. error yeah exactly and it was to be fair it was okay i, I was the same as you at this point because i've not watched it for so long i think i can't remember this now you know mm. i remember him coming in because obviously you know that he's going to come in um but but i'd say what's brilliant in this next scene so obviously this guy goes, and then that Mac, um, he decides to go full Metal Jacket psycho, doesn't he? And what, what I don't understand, and it's one of the worst bits of the film, I must admit, is you get... They've just infiltrated a camp, right, Matt? So bear with me on this. They infiltrate a camp. Mm. It's been about 30 guys. There's six of them. They've killed all of them. The last thing you want to be doing is firing a gun. To draw that, attention yeah, to think about that. That is an incredible point because... Shane Black makes the point with what's his character's name again? Sorry, um, Haw uh, Hawkins, isn't it? He uh, says, yeah. He says to him, Oh, they'll have backup coming in 30 minutes, yeah, maybe less. And he's like, All right, let's get out of here pretty quickly. That's never touched upon again. No, why no, is that? Never, that, that surely that should have been touched upon, yeah, yeah, like so, him. exactly. <laughs> But as well, you're totally right. Yeah, I've just not really. You've blown my mind with this film. Maybe it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, if you see this. Yeah. I'm not trying to ruin the film. But what, oh, what's even better, what is even better, though, Matt, is the Predator's there. And they just start randomly firing, don't they, mm. at um, stuff, because the Predator's been a bit wounded. But they don't know what it is. 
and they all of them must unload Arnie, everything, they just stand in a row, and all it's for is for Arnie to flex his biceps and all the other guys mm. to show that they've been trained. They must fire about a thousand rounds of bullets. It's 80s testosterone, and it's oh best, my isn't word. it? It's it just makes... all about testosterone. Exactly. And... It doesn't make any sense. They don't even know. Now, bear in mind, these are like top level Navy SEAL commandos, whatever they're supposed to be. And they've just infiltrated this camp. They've had it all done properly. You know, tracking back Arnie, saying all the buzzwords. For that split second, they just start firing at trees and that. They don't even know what they're firing at. And it doesn't make any sense at all. And I was laughing to myself going, even this is a bit thin for me. Because why would you fire all them bullets to draw complete attention to where you are? I know, just, yeah. It, it, it's mad. I mean, think about it. He, he does say, leave no trace. But... You like to think they would find them. Like it, it, it could have been actually quite a good story aspect that they're this camp is hot on their tail as well, whilst yeah. also fighting the predator, or whatever. But like, yeah. obviously, all those firing bullets, it is just eighties <laughs> testosterone, isn't it? <laughs> all it is. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's quite a funny scene, I yeah, think. It's fantastic, fantastic, and then we get to like it. it comes to the night time then and Billy uh, again the Native American guy he's so skeptical and he he does a great it's a great 80s speech he says he, he says something about Billy the guy says to him Donnie Shane Black says to him he goes you're not scared of anything he goes you're not scared of any man and he went this that's not a man we're gonna die tonight and just walks off you know or something like that and it's like it was. He doesn't say much, but it's quite a good eighties line. Like you know, as it to say, "We're dead," you know that. And it, it's right the way they did it. I thought it was really clever because as it goes dark, the predator obviously is easy for him to see everyone because as human beings, I know it doesn't explain it in the film, but I, I get that more because he's he's um, he's still watching them. But so they set a lot of traps, don't they, around the camp to try and sort of mm. survive. I think. Dutch at this point realizes that they're actually sort of being hunted. He's not sure what it is, but he knows that there's something out there. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, the the trap scene was quite cool. I mean, it's kind of like Boy Scouts, though, isn't it? While they're going along and yeah, setting them all. But it, yeah, at this point, I, I I was still invested in the film. I I realized something. I kind of I was going to touch on it a bit later, but you still haven't even in, even seen the Predator yet. No, oh, he's already killed someone, and they've already cut to about three or so scenes by this point that you know it's out there. But yeah, they've still not uh, actually shown the predator, and I, I I noted it down when he actually comes on. But I I was like, that is quite a uh, cool aspect that they I, I didn't realize he, he's barely in it. The predator, he's barely in it. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well, I mentioned this last week. We did Wonder Woman with Jamie was. You don't get to see Wonder Woman in a suit. You see her at the start, and then you don't see her again in that outfit, or the proper Wonder Woman outfit, sorry, until about 50 minutes in. And, yeah. and, and that's what's quite good about this. Now, considering it's an 80s film, and I know we've had, I've poked a bit of fun at some of these little bits and that, but purely from a humour point of view, as a massive Arnie fan, it, it's not taking me away from the film. But, yeah, I agree. And I do think as well, to be fair, that there's got to be some respect for the special effects of the predator yeah definitely i do, they did I do. An awesome job yeah they do they do the only thing that lets it down is because the predator's been hit to get this hand scene where he's trying to like save it's uh trying to because it's like had its leg sort of bleeding this green blood 
it, it gets like a kit out, like a first aid kit, doesn't it? And injects itself and all this. And that just looks like someone dressed in a suit because it, 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 the hologram effect comes off its body as yeah. it's, you know, as it doesn't need to do the chameleon type thing. And I must admit, that was a bit off because when he was holding the syringe thing, you could see the sort of bend in his fingers like it was a prosthetic, uh, prosthetic what's it called? Prosthetic. Yeah. yeah prosthetic. Oh, fake, you know, like a rubber, rubberized hand. It's a, not too much, but you could just tell. But all the other stuff holds up really well, even to this day, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it. I mean, some of it's poor, but overall, you think, yeah, they, they did a half decent job. The uh, the cloaking stuff doesn't work amazingly well, but you know, you you let a film off like this. It's was it now thirty years old? That's that's pretty mad. Yeah. This film is thirty years old. 31, you're right, 87, yeah, so... Yeah, got... 31, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, because we've said this myself, like, when we've, we've talked about other reviews, and when we did, like, the... Ma- oh, we haven't done it yet. We're going to do The Matrix at some point, and I watched The Matrix again the other week, and that's 20 years old, and that is Crazy. so much better than some of the other stuff we reviewed around that time, like Blade. There's only one iffy bit in Blade where the guy's face is all weird and that. Other than that, everything else is, is even now holds up really well, you know, to watch as a film, but... It's all about the budget. And obviously at the time, this film might have had a lot, a lot of budget, but what they did for The Predator was so effective, I think. It's probably... And obviously we had the Back to the Future stuff at the same time as well, so there was money going into the CGI. Well, not so CGI, but the special effects and that. It was all going up in the 80s, one at a different level. Yeah, like, definitely. I mean, um, oh, who directed uh, Back to the Future? Uh, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, was he, where he was such a big proponent of you know special effects that's what we need and i think that kind of made studios sort of look up and you know go, go for the special effects and really actually invest in these special effects and yeah, yeah. they do well they they're okay they're not amazing but they're okay by the by you know what they had at the time yeah the only thing in Matt's of the future and i'm going off piece there is that always bugs me, even as a massive fan. I've got the collector's edition Blu-rays behind me. I had them on video, everything as a kid. Absolutely, I've watched them millions of times. Is when the car goes up to 88 miles an hour with Einstein in, and uh, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, uh, Marty and Doc. I know what you're going to say here, yeah. The fire through the legs, and that yeah. looks terrible. Even with the remastered 4K version I've got here, and they remastered it as well to try and make it a bit more authentic. They realised it wasn't the best, but it was what they could only use at the time. It was pretty poor. And that's I mean, that's a totally different film, but it's always something that's a CGI or special effects wise that always stuck with me on that film. Always. Yeah, that scene always sticks for me. Definitely. Yeah, you can certainly see it's in a green room when they're doing that standing on the tiptoes thing with the fire between the legs. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's just still one of my favourite films. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, sorry, I just want yeah, to throw that in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the traps are there. The guys are all sleeping or trying to sort of rest, aren't they? After like, the adrenaline dump of what's happened. And then this pig appears, doesn't it? And Mac goes absolutely ballistic and, and just absolutely... He thinks he's caught the predator, doesn't he? And, he? and you can't see what he's killed. He's absolutely going for it, isn't he? And he, he just basically mains it. Mm. And then the guys uh, look over and start laughing. Like, could you, you know, one of them says, doesn't he? Uh, I think it's Shane Black says, could you not got a bigger hog or pig or whatever it is? It's just a massive hog in it with massive mm. teeth. I know they're vicious, but it's huge. But you can see now that the, the fear that Mac has seen in first and the predator, he's shaking every time he's got a gun in his hand. He knows what's coming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 good that they've shown 
obviously it's, it's of the 80s where the action films were so big at the time and it was all about blokes who were larger than life but actually showing them with a little bit of fear i don't think many action films of the time had ever done that and they're they're showing what I think it's probably very big in the 80s that you're seeing all these, you know, the Arnies and your Sylvester Stallones. They're not scared of anything. Yeah. But to build up this character in Predator, not show him on screen, but you see these characters who you're looking at going, oh, yeah, they're not afraid of anything to actually be reduced to, you know, they're scared like little boys now. So it kind of it's great in how it builds the Predator in that way by showing these characters how scared they are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think it's good character development as well. Mm. Uh, I think everyone's got the phase, haven't they, of anything in life, and even these guys have got something, and when they come across something they can't cope with, they just revert back to that sort of childlike state, in it, of like, exactly. what am I going to do? Your natural fear kicks in. So I think that's, that's it's quite a clever piece of writing and directing that you, you can relate to, and I think that's probably why you relate to the characters in this. Because nobody can imagine what that's going to be like, can you? You know, so that yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I know it sounds a bit thingy, but you agree, right? So from there we get um oh that's it. Yeah, so as they're looking at the pig and the hog and they're, they're taking the mick out of uh, Mac, Blaine's body gets taken, Jesse the body, because just before this, Blaine had been shot and he basically Oh yeah, Blaine's dead at this point. Blaine's dead, yeah. sorry, yeah, we are not that. Yeah, yeah, I jumped ahead there. Sorry, guys. And and what he'd done is when Blaine got shot. What they said is, which I thought was quite clever, was they looked at the wound. It opened up his hole inside of his cavity of his chest, but they said it's cauterized it and everything. That's what what is this? They weren't sure what the weapon was that hit him because Dylan, at this point, he's still adamant that it's people and he don't believe it's somewhere else. And so Blaine's body then disappears. So as they're, he's obviously been watching him. It leaves Fingy injured. Only Poncho gets injured, and then uh, Mac and Dylan. Well, Mac goes off. We'd, and Dylan's like so Arnie, and you're like, just go, just go, you know, go to the, you know, the, get to the helicopter. Hmm. Well, this is actually the the first point we see the predator. We see him for yes, maybe a second and a half, two seconds, and this yeah. is an hour twenty into the film. Yeah, hour nineteen. So, was it? It's a let me look. It's a hundred and seven minute film. So yeah. sixty nine minutes in, and now we've got our first look at the predator. If however, you know, two seconds of it. Yeah, which, which is good as well. Yeah, I, I I I likened it. I said um, it was. It's like um, Jaws. It's like action Jaws because Jaws is never in the film, and I yeah. think they're kind of they're seeking that kind of what you call it like that uh, when you're in. It's like anticipation, isn't it? Yeah, it's like that anticipation. Sorry, I'm completely fumbling over my words. Um, <laughs> Don't be dumb. Yeah, but yeah, they, they're they're going off that film and saying it worked for them by building up this creature we haven't seen but showing actual reactions yeah to the people so as an audience we can't actually tell what this is but we know we need to be afraid because our heroes on the screen are afraid as well so i think that's why predator is so built up nowadays is because we actually got so little of him in this film people have questions don't they they go who yeah. is predator you know what what is he how did he come about? And that's kind of how you build a franchise. You've got to leave questions. And I think that's obviously why Jaws is so big. Alien as well. Alien's not really in the film to the end. So it's building those questions. Yeah. And that, that's a great point as well, Matt, to be fair. Mm. Really good good point and good directing again and writing. Um, Definitely. But yeah, so then we've got Mac and Dylan. We get a weird interaction where Dylan goes off and then he can hear this voice. But the, the what we found is the predator can replicate the voice of people, can't he, as well? 
it's yeah. just a bit of a weird thing because obviously he's got this technology on him. He, so he's sort of like Billy's voice. He is, he could use his before Dinny and things like that. Um, now, obviously at this point, um, Billy gets killed straight away. He goes off and sort of cuts his chest with a knife, takes all his gear off. He's there all uh, bare-chested, ready to go. He must last literally one second. After God, he's him. insane, isn't he? Yeah. He's just he, insane, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, just, he's just gone, Anna, because Arnie's got Anna, and, and he's got, um, uh, what's the one called, Poncho, and he's trying to get away, and, and then he, he doubles back on him, Billy, and thinks he's going to give him a go, doesn't he? We get, like, the predator zooming in, and he's, like, a body uh, with the, the infrared stuff, and, yeah, he's gone. Within a second of him doing this, like, tough guy act, he gets up, you just hear the screams, don't you? So he's Do you not want to uh, talk about, I thought it was, uh, it made me laugh, Dylan's death. Oh, that made God, me laugh, yeah. that. That is hilarious. I mean, yeah. I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but he, uh, so Arnie throws him a second gun. So now he's got dual guns. Yeah. And uh, he starts, sh- uh, he goes to pull out his gun to the Predator and he shoots his little plasma blast and it blows off his arm. And then for some reason, I don't know why the camera did this, but it pans on the arm and the gun is still shooting. Yeah. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I went, that's so <laughs> funny. Why is the gun still shooting? He didn't ever pull the trigger. No. And no. Uh, somehow he's not gone into complete shock. He's managed to then with his other arm, pull out the gun and try and shoot at the Predator. And I just thought, that is brilliant. They've still made out he's this larger-than-life character that he's able to take and lose a limb but still be able to function correctly and know he <laughs> needs to uh, shoot the other gun. <laughs> But I thought that is fantastic. That's great writing right there. That, that's, I must admit, you're right. What it reminded me of, Matt, was Robocop. Like, in yeah, because Robocop kills in one of the scenes. I remember Robocop shoots some guy about four times and he's still alive, you know, like, and he's still going for him. You know, I know obviously Robocop beats me, but yeah, it, it reminded me of that. And yeah, you're right, it's a terrible bit of action in it because. Uh, Dylan sees the predator running Dunny around him once his arm's gone and he sees that hologram and he tries to shoot him, Dunny, and he just lifts him up and just yeah. hacks him to death, Dunny. He's gone completely. Yeah. Uh, but he had redeemed himself. Yeah, that's that's what they've got to do. These characters have got to redeem him, haven't they? So they had to bring him full circle. Yeah, because he was trying to save Arnie, wasn't he? Like, I've got you into this. I, I'll get you out of it. Um, but then what happens then is um, Arnie, uh, the predator catches up then. Uh, he's already killed Billy and he gets Poncho. And then with all this happening, he gets Dutch done. He actually fires at Dutch's shoulder. Yeah, here's that's this is a problem I have with the film. Yeah. We've seen the plasma blast used twice before this. Once it blew a hole in a man, another time it blew <laughs> his arm off with Arnie and knocked him over. And then he never suffered, he never has any repercussions from the injury that he gave him. No. Why did that plasma blast not do anything? I, I just... have so many questions. <laughs> Are they trying to say he's just, he's so big and muscular, couldn't penetrate him? I just, I didn't understand. I thought either have him not shoot the plasma blast or Arnie gets out of the way of it. Don't let it hit him. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, it's, well, I must admit, the only thing I can think of is he's actually channeling his inner T-800 Terminator. Yeah. And that's the only <laughs> reason, because... I'd never even thought of that until you've just said it, but you're totally right. The other the other members of the team had an old timely death of that laser, didn't they? And this is just well, yeah, because yeah. well, the, the, the film has set up that you don't want to get hit by the laser. Yes, yeah. it's 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 given it's shown us twice. You know that's what they do in films. They 
They reinforce that point. Don't get hit by the laser. Okay, I get that. Immediately he gets hit by the laser is fine. And I'm, I'm going, well, you can't just change the rules. Have it that Arnie sees him getting the laser ready and he gets out of the way because he's seen the laser work. He knows he needs to get out of the way, not have it hit him. And he's, that's it. He, he got hit and was just, it was a little bit of blood. And then that was it. it never again is it yeah. referred to. Uh, but you're right. But we've got to say this, and I'm going to do two bad impressions of Arnie now because Dave's oh, not yes. into his impressions. We get two of the biggest lines that Arnie says in maybe his biggest line, isn't it? Biggest line, you know, get to the job. Uh, and then uh, we, we get the other line go now. That's like another one of his lines that's mm. usually in all. I know we've got Hasta La Vista and I'll be back. I'll be back's probably his biggest one. Then it's get to the chopper. But it's so funny watching it, Matt, because they've so cliched lines to see him doing them serious in a film. I just couldn't take him serious. He's lay on the floor and he's back in time that Anna to go because he realizes that, and he's and I'm quoting him there, it's no sport because she's not got a weapon. But he realizes yeah. the predator's hunting them as a as a trophy because they're um, he sees the predator sees them as a match. So when he's He's taking the bodies away. It all comes to pass. Arnie realizes now, Dutch, that he's doing it and using them as like a trophy cabinet of, of people, like he, that the predators are better hunter than them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm just just thinking the um, the woman in it. Obviously, you know, yeah. she, there's no uh, there's no sport in that. What what was the point of her character? What the, I don't yeah. quite understand what she offered. No, there was I, no love interest in there, was there? No, the only thing to do, maybe what I've just said, is just it served the purpose for them to reveal that because she didn't have a gun, maybe the yeah. wasn't going to. That, that's what when I read today, and I think it was that's what a lot, a lot of people had questioned, and they were saying that she's just there to serve the plot to show that because she was unarmed and not a threat, the predator left her alone. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Which that's probably the only. I totally agree with you. It's the only reason she's in the film because most of the films Arnie's done. Like Commando, Running Man, he's always had a pretty girl with him who's like the, the bumbling, cliched woman mm. who becomes a badass by the end of the film. This was neither anything. You don't even see her again after this, which is real strange. Yeah. But, yeah well, it's serving but, the yeah. plot purpose. Yeah. It, it's bizarre, but I agree with you. She, she was a bit of a non-character, really. There was no real reason unless they were rescuing her that would have made more sense for him to rescue her i that's what so, i thought and then yeah. i realized i went no then they're not i thought that throughout the whole film and i clocked i went no they're actually not are they they're basically just kidnapped <laughs> yeah yeah it's just really bizarre and then obviously she's gone now uh to the helicopter he's left her unarmed so he knows she's going to be fine and then the, the predator goes after dutch Dunny. but what happens now is exactly what you've just said before we get to see the see the predator properly because the cloaking device malfunctions, doesn't it? Because of this little interaction with Dutch, um, Dutch is like created all this. Uh, what? Uh, oh no, Dutch is escaping at this point. It's now that he gets covered in mud, doesn't he? Um, because mm. he's, he escapes in the river and thinks he's got away, doesn't he? And as he comes onto the riverbank, he sees the water moving, and he's like, "Oh my god!" You know, like he does actually swear, but I won't swear. But he, he does swear. And then he ends up on this pin with all this mud on him, but the, he cannot see him at all. The predator cannot even see anything. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, hiding that cloak. I don't know well. whether I, I buy that because it's his heat signature, but it worked for the film. I suppose there had to be some sort of evening up of the, of the score, I suppose. I guess so. I mean, if he's supposed to be the ultimate predator, 
that he can only see when people are giving off a heat signature. He's uh, he's not a great predator because that's a very big weakness that he actually, yeah. in a sense, is blind. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. But you do get this fear in Arnie, don't you? That... Yeah, that was cool to see. I, I doubt we've seen many films with Arnie sh- visibly showing fear. It's not really his uh, persona that he likes to portray on film, is it? No, and, and then the Predator goes away and then we get a bit of an A-team scene now where we get a bit of a Hannibal Smith and uh, B.A. Baraka scene from Dutch now where he's crafting all these weapons, isn't he? And he realises that the mud mm. saves him. Very home alone at this point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight <laughs> for the wet, wet bandits yeah. to appear. But um, yeah, very much. And, and the thing is, I don't understand with the Predator because he doesn't, he can hear people talking and that, but for some reason he can't hear his movement or anything. Because obviously Arnie must be pretty close to him to be doing all this. He's not just like he's a few miles away, is he? He's, he's within the yeah. vicinity of him. And Arnie then becomes the actual hunter, doesn't he? Um, and he does get the better of him because he's, at first, because he's he bow and arrows it, done it with fire, and you visibly see like the predator, um, you know, wince, he's done it, wince, he's over, and then he does it a few more times, so he's completely lost his cloaking device. But then eventually, he gets the better of Arnie, done it, and Arnie ends up back in the water and loses all his um mud off him completely. It's a hell of a baffy, as I must admit. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I should go in those Mexican waters, they get you that clean, it's pretty uh. <laughs> Pretty good for him. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it was kind of cool it, it, seeing it, but him make that bow and arrow. I was like, bloody hell, this is cheesy. How has he, yeah. how has he managed this? How has he got the material to make this? Oh, something I noticed, trailing back a bit. I, I, I was watching it, and as the film goes on, all the very muscular ones in this lose more and more clothing as the film yeah. goes on. You know, they're all first of all in their army gear, and I noticed halfway through. Um, Carl Weathers pretty much just has a vest jacket on to show off his huge guns, and then Arnie pretty much just has a tank top on. And I'm thinking, how are they losing all their clothing? What the hell is happening? How have they managed yeah. this? <laughs> I, I noticed that because he's got Arnie went from a full on uniform to just like his bulletproof vest with his arms, like you know, his muscles hanging yeah. out, and that. Yeah, I must admit, very, uh, very homoerotic, I think, as he yes. It. Very 80s. Um, but yeah, so we get this little battle then where what I'd find a bit, I must admit, I, the only thing I found a bit strange about this fight was the Predator's punches weren't very hard. And he's giving Arnie a few cracks, in it, And Arnie's, you know, a couple of them, the first few, he throws him and Arnie ends up on the floor face planting and everything. But then up close where you think one punch is just like, you know, cave his skull in. He like gives you little jabs, doesn't he? Little, a few little digs and then he ends up with, he realises that Arnie, that's how I saw it, his equal sort of thing. And he takes yeah, his mask off. Yeah, he shows some respect, isn't he? And uh, I guess, yeah, he, he's uh, acknowledging he's put up the good fight and uh, doesn't deserve to just be killed by his better technology and it's deserving of hand-to-hand. But I then saw that in the sense, I was like, well, what about Billy? You didn't do that with Billy, did you? if he's no. willing to take you on. But I, it, it's all just for the show, isn't it? It's for the entertainment purposes. It'd be very boring if you just plasma blast him in the face. But then again, Arnie's completely immune to that plasma blast, so maybe he realises it's time for hand-to-hand. Yeah, that's just have a, a good old-fashioned yeah. uh, brawl. But then, as well, what's quite interesting is he, the Predator also knows, which well, he doesn't speak or anything really, is 
him taking that mask off puts him at a slight disadvantage. So it's like evening up the score because he can't see like he did before. He's got like a red sort of effect going on now, and he? You can still see him, but not as clear as he mm. had before. And you see his face, and obviously we get the famous line from Arnie, what the hell are you? You know, like, uh, it, because he's he's really ugly. Yeah. Thing, isn't he? I mean, it's, it's such a... Um iconic scene obviously now we, i think by now this is now our first real full look of him standing there for more than three seconds and yeah. this is pretty much what an hour 40 into the film hour 35 yeah so it's pretty impressive yeah they've managed to keep me invested in this film the whole time without actually showing the antagonist yeah i must admit now, the next scene, yeah, it's a very good point, that, Matt, as well. And I must admit, I, I, I found this a bit bizarre how we get to the point where Dutch sort of kills or, you know, basically maims the Predator. Where do, he, he kills him with, like, a counterweight, doesn't he? There's, like, a twig literally in front of him holding this massive log from a tree yeah. above. Where, where did that come from? Is there any explanation? Or is that just what the Predator's supposed to have built in his lair? Yeah, I mean... I didn't understand. Yeah, I was a bit at loss with it all. Um, and it, it, I was kind of like, oh, so he just got killed by a log. That pretty much just gets him, does it? It was, uh, yeah, it, it was odd. But, it, you know, it, it's it's all for entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then and obviously it crushes him. And we get the point where Arnie's got a brick or this big boulder and he's ready to cave his head in because the, the predator obviously looks like he's dying and he's, he's oozing out this green blood or his version of blood, uh, and Arnie's about to do it and then gets a bit of compassion, doesn't he, and sort of um, looks at him. But then we get this thing where, which is pretty creepy, really, the Predator presses a self-destruct button to kill himself, doesn't he? But he starts laughing maniacally, which is Billy's laugh from earlier on when he laughed at that really cheesy joke at the start. Was that, was, was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. You oh, know? man, I had no idea. I thought that when I first watched it, I went, that is so weird. What a weird creative choice to make that he laughs like a human. But if that's Billy's laugh, yeah, then that makes complete sense. You no, know, you know when then he tells that stupid joke about his missus, that guy, that Shane yeah, White, doesn't yeah. it? And he doesn't laugh, does he? And then within the jungle, he says it later on. And now I'm piecing it together it. now. It's blowing yeah, my yeah. mind. It's blowing yeah. my mind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. that's where that comes from. And obviously they're playing it on the loop because it's a bit more maniacal than what Billy actually did when he laughs because he's, he's proper like, you know, I'm going to die laugh sort of thing. Um, but then, yeah, he, then Dutch runs off with the old 80s scene, doesn't he top off and, and makes a mm. dive for it as the Predator goes up in his puff of smoke. Um, he did well to start running after he'd been crawling for the last two minutes due to injury. Yeah, that's in the, yeah, yeah. yeah again, very well there. The, the inner T-800 was, was in him there. He Maybe it was the T-800. Maybe that's what we're missing here. Maybe it literally was the T-800. <laughs> <laughs> very clever very good and then obviously we get you know they rescue him then don't they and uh, we're at the end of the film now one thing i would say matt though about the end credits which i found really did you ever watch the tv show I mean, you might not because you're uh, a lot younger than me have you ever heard of a tv show called Heidi high no no right, no okay well when when we finish this i'm going to send you Heidi high now anyone out there obviously is not in the uk is not going to understand what this is but there's a program from the 80s called Heidi High, which was set on a 1950s, I think, or early 90s, I think it's late 50s, early 60s campsite in England. 
And it's all about whenever, like a Butlins type site where everyone went and it's called Heidi High. And that was the thing to come to Michael, Heidi High and all this. And, and there's a load of characters uh, born out of it. So when I was a kid, like I'm 39, my nan and granddad, my mum and dad used to watch it now. It's always synonymous with my nan and granddad. Mine was on a Saturday night. It was on constantly as a kid. Um, and it's proper, terrible, canned comedy from the BBC. But what they did at the end, and I've gone off on one, <laughs> they did this thing where every single person that was in the show, the, the song comes on, Heidi, it introduced all the characters. And I found this the most biz- And it was exactly like this in The Predator. What they did was the film's going off. You know, Arnie's gone off into the sunset. Dutch has gone off. Then it like come on and went starring, and every one of them was like at the backs of the camera and turned around and smiled. Whether they had a cigar, a gun, whoever it was, the old. Did you not see the end credits? Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, I thought I was suddenly in a sitcom now. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. I missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was well, this uh, film start out as something like, different, and then it became just. A horrible action, a bloody action film. I've never, ever, ever seen that in any sort of realistic, like, you know, action film, anything. It was so out of place. Like you say, it's like an episode of Friends or something like that at the end, because it was just to say, but we're not really dead, you know. And this is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch. He was the last character to come on the screen. And to be fair, Arnie was the only one I don't think he smiled. All the others smiled. Yeah, I've when when I was like. Arnie's not going to turn and smile, is he? And it, yeah, no, did not. He's yes. not dealing with that. He must have said, he must have said when they said, "Well, we're going to do this turn and smile." He must have said, "No, this yeah. is ridiculous." Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Get it over with. <laughs> I, I just, if anyone, I mean, obviously, it's something entirely up to yourselves, listening. If you want to actually watch the film again, I know a lot of the people who listen love to sort of watch it and listen to the podcast, or listen to the podcast and watch it at the same time. Even if you don't, just watch the end credits because I think it's the most out of place thing I've seen in any film, especially for a film like of this nature. Yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, what it might—it was really bizarre. It was like almost—it's either a TV show type situation or a really bad sitcom. I was really thought this is just weird, completely mm. bizarre, bizarre. But anyway, yeah, very strange. So before we get into the review uh, scores, Matt, I'm just going to mention again. Our sponsor, Studio. So that's www.studio.com. If you want to get wireless headphones or uh, wired headphones, anything, obviously, it's a great line. We and myself, Dave, are rocking them at the moment. I use them on the podcast as well. Get on there. It's uh, Comics Emotion Podcast 15, which gives you 15% off. Or if you're lucky enough to have given us a review before the 27th of August, I will be announcing who the winner is this week of a free headset for yourselves. So, again, that's studio.com. Right, Matt. Let's go for it. Okay. Uh, right. So, are we doing our ranking? Our uh, ranking of the film now. Our uh, yeah, score? yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, what were my options? I always forget. Always no, no, no. As, as as the guest, I'd like you to go first as well, my good friend. Yeah. Um, so we've got top of the line is Asgard. Yeah. Second. Uh, so really, it's a five-point scale, but ours is Asgard, top, Atlantis, second, Halls of Justice, third, Hell's Kitchen is fourth, and the worst is the Phantom Zone. Cool, this is hard. I would have to say Halls of Justice for me. It's, yeah. it, it, it is a good film, and it's so of its time. It is incredibly of its time, and I really enjoyed it. And when I finished it, I kind of thought... 
I don't think I'll watch that again. But but you know, another day's gone by and I've kind of thought about it and went, no, I had a lot of fun with this film. It's um it's a slow burner. It's a surprisingly a slow burner and I think they were going as I said before a kind of jaws aspect of not showing the antagonist and really letting the audience build it up in its mind. And yeah. I think the film did so well in just being a standalone film. Obviously now we're getting all this trying to make it a franchise because of the legacy it's left behind. But I think a lot of studios can take notes from this film that if they want to build a franchise, the best way to do it is to just make a film, make a good one. Don't, you know, they never delve into the fact where's the predator from, where did it come from? It's just there. And that's, that's nice to see. I don't like all this stopping and going, you know, you know, all that dialogue to, exposition going oh this is where he come from this is what he's all about it's just predators there this is what they have to do this is what normal people have to do and then you can explore that so it is it's, it's a good film it's 100 percent of its time it's very cheesy I don't, I don't think it's aged amazingly well but it's it's still a good time it's a good action film Good stuff, Matt. Very good, very good. Now, myself, if I was just reviewing it on Arnie, it would be an Asgard all day long because <laughs> Arnie's films, it don't matter what it is, whether it's Twins, The Running Man, Kindergarten Cop, I don't care. I'm a massive Arnie fan. Arnie was on the reasons I got into going to the gym as a kid. My cousin was into the gym, massive Arnie fan to bodybuilding, everything, pumping iron, even though it's a documentary. Oh, what? One of my favourite, Matt, I can put it on. It's on Netflix all the time. And yeah. I've, got the, I've got the collector's edition here. I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, but I've never been, took gear or anything. No Arnie took gear in that. But as a man and his ethic of work and stuff like that and just his whole story of who he is. I really inspiring, man. Um, yeah. I'd actually say his autobiography is a fantastic read to learn I've about read his it. life. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing book. Great I'll book. Read it. I've never yeah. read it. I've, never, I've, I've read loads about him and, and studied him, but I've never... Oh, you truly understand sort of where he come from, what his aims and aspirations were, and just his work ethic. And you really kind of realise what he achieved in the just film industry alone. To do what he did from his background and no one gave him a chance is pretty incredible. It is, and there's, there's that speech that you listen to. I don't know you listen to, I listen to it all the time. But it's a great line. He did it at like um, one of these sort of, Harvard things, you know, someone had part, part written it with him, but he says a line which I absolutely love. And he says, you'll never climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. And I just love that line, but you've got to deliver it in Arnie's voice. Yeah, you know, definitely. Effect, but it's so real. And he's like, you know, everyone said it was failed. I had this huge monstrous body. Everyone, you know, said uh, this accent and, you know, you're not going to be, a, you know, mm. I'm not going to be anything in films. Now everybody wanted to be Arnie. If you can't have Schwarzenegger, we must build a Schwarzenegger, you know, and all this. So it's like, it's just as a person, I absolutely love Arnie. I love him so much in what he did and stuff and what he still does. But yeah, if it was Arnie, it was an Asgard. But I'm, I'm pretty much on the money with you. I, I think, even though I love Arnie, and like I say, I love everything about him, there's, there's still a few things in this way. Like you said, it's aged pretty badly in places. The CGI with the actors, well, CGI, it's special effects and the, the tricks they do to create that sort of chameleon-like look of the Predators is fantastic. And it still ends up now. But the problem, I think, loses it a bit when the Predator reveals himself at the chameleon suit. It really, it looks just like proper 
80s rubber suit job. I was almost expecting... Oh, I didn't like it. I really liked it. I no, really no liked not it. big. Only, not, not when he stood there. I think it looks great when he stood there. I mean, when... No, I was saying about when he was, like, attending to his bandages and his hand. It was his, oh, right, yeah. He yeah. had problems with his hands and claws because you could clearly see that there was yeah. a bit in the fingers where it was obviously not full fingers and it was like a just like a plastic thing it was a bit like the a-team when hannibal smith used to get dressed up at the start in the old day i don't know if you watched the 80s film 80s mm. tv show and he'd have like a, a lizard suit on on a film set as a stunt man and it'd be just awful and it was pretty much like he'd be smoking a cigar at the same time so yeah um, it was just like that i just it, it just kept taking me away from it and i must admit the back to the future music score you know, Alan Silvestri's score is just basically Back to the Future, pretty much. So that did take it away at times. But when I was watching some of the bits, like a mental note, not too much, but just enough for me to go, oh, yeah, it's just it's just basically you nicked the music and brought it over. He's just dialing this one in with the score. To listen. I didn't notice. Yeah, there's a few things. I think it's on... Because um, Lethal Weapon is one of my favourite films. It's Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. I, th- I think they're done by the same person. And you can tell the first Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, they're all... I think Lethal Weapon was first, but there's some, the trumpet stuff's exactly the same, both films, but I love them films, both of them. But yeah, so not nothing major, but Arnie's great. I think Carl Weathers is good, great actor. He portrays that sort of bad guy on the line thing all the way through the film pretty well. Some of the supporting guys are a bit poor and they've got some, I mean, that Mac, we had some real terrible lines. I'm glad we didn't really mention a lot of him. He's absolutely awful lines, yeah. some of the stuff he was saying. He, he, was, to, he was poor. <laughs> yeah, trying to be like the philosopher. And I think there's a reason that in all the other films he's done when he plays a fuck, he only has one or two lines like, where is he? We're going to kill him because some of the stuff he was doing was just awful. But again, great film. It's, it's, it was one of Arnie's sort of signature films after Predator and Commando. Of the eighties, and I think after this he did Raw Deal, which I actually like Raw Deal. And then you've got stuff like Red Heat, but this was just Arnie. And that picture of Arnie at the start with the Predator in the background, which is on all the video cases from the eighties, because I had it, and all the posters, is probably more iconic than the film. That's, yeah, that that picture is actually more as as iconic as say Charlie Sheen in Platoon or whatever. That's yeah. how iconic it is because it's just absolutely epitomizes everything about Arnie, just like the Terminator does in Terminator One, the the, the posters and the, the and that is a it's a great thing that I'll always you'll always take with you. So I think for that, creating like the whole this creating a franchise from this, what you said, Matt, I'm the same as you. I'm going with Halls of Justice. It's not a bad film. I think if it'd been in the eighties or early nineties, I'd be giving it a lot higher score. But as watching it subjective from now, 30 years later, there's just a few dodgy lines in there that just but bear with me, I think. And I bet the acting's a bit wooden on some of the supporting cast, but good film. Don't not watch yeah. it. I'm with Definitely. you on that. So, Matt, thank you so much for coming on today. You're a star man again. No um, problem. Happy to Yeah, don't worry. Don't, and hopefully we'll get Dave on and we'll do a bit of a round table, talk about some yeah. of the comic books, especially the Avengers 4 coming up uh, next year. Definitely. We'll, we'll have something on there next few weeks. So, Matt, give us some plugs, mate, before you go. Yeah, sure. So um, I have a YouTube channel called Jasper Reviews. I just kind of, well, I review films that are out at the moment, any films I kind of want to see. And I talk about what's kind of happening in the pop culture world. So currently I have a video on the Predator coming out. It's called The Predator, Is It Destined to Fail? So I just kind of talk about why I think this new Predator film might fail due to the marketing that's come out and other aspects surrounding Predator. I do film... uh, films do videos on all sorts so i've been talking about 
people could be Green Lantern, actors who could be James Bond, and just all that kind of stuff. I'm currently doing a video on the Spider-Man films, just ranking them. And uh, hopefully I'm going to talk a little bit more about comics as well. And I'm going to try and maybe try get some video essays, something a bit more meatier on the channel. But yeah, that's my channel, Jasper Reviews. Good man, good man. And get on there, guys. I'm not just saying it because Matt's on. Matt does some cracking stuff mm -hmm. as well. So uh, please give him a follow and subscribe to all his stuff as well because it's well worth it. It's a good compliment, I think, to some of the podcasts that we've done, Matt, as well, because your stuff's a lot more uh, the visual stuff. I love, absolutely love it. So well, yeah. I, did, we, I uh, think about that. I did a video on uh, one of the podcasts we did recently, which um, people responded quite well to. So that's definitely something to uh, look out for our Hulk versus four. I was just going to say that. Yeah, that was the one, wasn't it? Hulk versus four. Yeah, and then we did Hulk v Wolverine as well, didn't we? But Hulk v four was the one which was a bit, bit iffy, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. But no, thank you, mate. Top man. I'll get some plugs in myself before I go. So we've Definitely got go for it. Give us a follow. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast. You know, it's Comics Emotion P on Twitter or Comics Emotion Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Dave's other podcast, which is a footy coaching one, is a grassroots coach cast. So give them a follow on Twitter and on iTunes. And my vlogging site on YouTube channel, CPod78Vlogs, uh, has got my New York vlog on them, my travels around the world, whatever. I've got the Vegas one coming up in November, which I'm gearing up for immensely. It's only 79 days tomorrow, Matt, so I'm not counting. And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't got an app on my phone which tells me every day how many I've got. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. It's been five long years since I've been to Vegas. So, yeah, please give me a follow. It's my best place in the world for me. Um, but, no, thank you so much, Matt, and thanks, everyone, again, for listening. Uh, the competition winner will be announced in the next few days, and I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's got to be spook of the way for Oh, my God. Whatever it is out there, and now it wants us. You will skin the lion! Killing us one at a time. We're all going to die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator.